0: Welcome friends to another R slash pro revenge video. If you're already a pro here on YouTube, you already know the best way to help out is to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by the one bone saw. I'm not left-handed. I'm also not allergic to poison ivy. Sorry for the princess bride reference. I thought it made a better title. So, I'm one of the few people who aren't allergic to either Poison Ivy or Poison Oak, a superpower I once used for evil. Small evil, not the bad kind. When I was in the Boy Scouts, it was still a quasi-paramilitary organization and we went on a camping trip for a jamboree one summer. I was about 13 or 14 at the time. This particular jamboree had us camping all week long with our local National Guard. They instructed us that week on shooting the M14 and M16, as well as the M2 and M249 machine guns. They also instructed us on pathfinding and had us running a 10-mile course through the Arkansas countryside. I suppose I should mention that I absolutely hated most of the scouts in my troop. Half of them were psychopaths, one of them chopped a kid's finger off after the kid dared him to... And the rest were a bunch of little entitled D-bags, so I really didn't have a single friend in Scouts, ever. It's one of the reasons I eventually quit. Towards the end of the Jamboree, shortly after I woke up on Saturday morning, our Head Scout, an Eagle Scout no less, whacked me in the forehead with the butt end of a knife that he was using to eat peanut butter directly from the jar. Why? I don't know. Just because I was there and he felt like it, I guess. Now, the day before, while we were doing some basic reconnoitering of our course, I happened upon a patch of poison ivy and noted its location on my pathfinding map. After the silverware incident, I honestly hadn't really thought of getting back at him or any of his other psychopathic sycophants who thought me getting thumped in the head was funny. However, when it came time for me to take over on our pathfinding march, we were only a couple hundred yards from that patch of poison ivy I found the day before. I didn't know if anyone else knew it was there, but I had an opportunity, and if the boy scouts taught me anything, it was, whenever an opportunity presented itself, you be a man and freaking go for it. Alrighty, if you insist. The best part was, because it was July, we were all wearing shorts. I marched us straight through that patch and not one single Scout, Tenderfoot, Life or Eagle identified it. They were completely, beautifully oblivious. I had the best night I had ever had on any camping trip, in scouts just a few short hours later as I listened to the cries of every single scout in my troop as they went absolutely mad from the horrible pain and itching that poison ivy causes. And the cherry on top? Not one of us, nor any of the other troops, nor even the National Guard guys had even a single freaking drop of calamine lotion. It was the most cathartic revenge I've ever experienced. After all the BS and bullying I had to put up with those little Lord of the Flies freak wads, the sweet sounds of their suffering lulled me gently to sleep that night. We had to break camp immediately the next morning. Aw, dang it, I was just starting to have fun. I don't know what the National Guard guys had planned for that day, but I didn't care. I never wanted to go on that jamboree in the first darned place. I got home early on Sunday, and it was one of the best days ever, as I happily returned to a wonderful shower, a clean bed, and our lovely, lovely air conditioning. I love you air conditioning, you'll be my best friend, won't you? Yeah, you never let me down air conditioning. I can always count on you. Okay, maybe I can see why R slash Petty Revenge deleted this story, but I seriously tried everything to make this as G-rated as possible, and their filter just wasn't having it. Poor OP just wants to share their fun story of revenge. Bunch of psycho kids who are like totally enjoying another kid getting hit upside the head with the butt end of a knife. Shoot, back in school, I had like a two-day field trip and I stayed in a cabin with a few other kids. And just that one night in the cabin with the three other kids was enough to just say, I'm good on this whole camping with classmates or kids my age. Kids can just be jerks sometimes. Like, the bathroom door didn't lock properly. And there were showers in this cabin, so if you were going to take a shower, you had to chance it that one of these kids weren't going to be jerks and throw the door open. Thankfully, they didn't do anything to me, but I was like the last one to go in, so I think they already had their fun throwing the door open by that point. Do you guys like camping, whether it's cabin camping, staying in a tent? Let me know if you're pro camping or you'd rather stay in the air conditioning any day down in the comments below. Our next story is by Tay Cody. Manager targeted me because of my family priorities. It cost her her job. I've worked at a certain home improvement store for close to a decade now, about eight years roughly. The first seven was in North Carolina, before I moved up further north to be with my best friend and her husband, who I learned was pregnant with my first godchild. As such, I transferred up to a store in the area and put my nose to the grindstone. I worked garden before and did that for some months before I started to be moved from department to department as the store was low on staff, however this was not full time. My old HR had dropped the ball and this store believed I wanted part-time. Having already moved, I grabbed a part-time overnight job at a gym to make ends meet and continued to work, all the while asking repeatedly for full-time at the main job and never getting a definitive word back or change. Several months into this, my goddaughter was born. As I lived with my friends during this time and during the time of COVID, I spent quite a lot of time helping to raise her and we became close. I would take time off that I was allotted to help look after her and there was a little problem. Half a year into this change and I had made a good name for myself. I didn't have a good deal of friends per se, but I was respected for my work ethic and willingness to help out anyone in any department that asked me. Enter a new assistant manager. The assistant manager was abrasive to staff and used to getting her way. The first I heard of her was when she outright fired a girl working the front desk because of a playboy tag on a jacket. Myself and several other employees organized a walkout in protest of this and succeeded in getting the store manager to reverse the decision made by the assistant manager. This was not our first walkout, having done this in the past when another assistant manager, the current's predecessor, made sexist comments about a cashier. Soon after this, I was given full time by the ops manager, working and receiving for a… cantankerous supervisor. We often did not get along, especially as my godchild got older and I took on babysitting duties while their parents worked and slept. It wasn't something I minded, as I adored the child. I often talked about her with my coworkers and loved to show pictures and stories. However, this was not something shared by my higher ups. My supervisor was upset that I couldn't work overtime to help him, as we were the only two in receiving for the store, because of either my second job or babysitting. And soon after the second walkout, I was made aware of a rumor circulating around the store that the child was in fact my own daughter that I had fathered outside of my friend's husband's knowledge. The source of the rumor was unknown, but my assistant manager had made disparaging remarks to me in the past about men taking care of children, so I had my theories. My holiday plans, asked off in advance as soon as our electronic system allowed, were cancelled without explanation, both Thanksgiving and Christmas. I had never missed a major holiday since I moved north, and I had asked the same days off the year prior and had gotten them off, before the assistant manager arrived. Strike one. And soon after this, my supervisor, whom I work closely with every day, had a positive COVID test, forcing me, per company rules, to self-isolate until I could get a positive or negative test myself. During this week, as it took a full week to find a place with enough room to give tests thanks to Omicron, I was harassed repeatedly by text and phone call by both management and my supervisor to track down an at-home test. And get back to work ASAP. All the while, I had to inform everyone I was in contact with, including my friends, family, and roommates, that I'd been exposed, risking their own holiday trips and plans. Strike two. Thankfully, my test was negative. A week after this, the Northeast gets slammed by a snow and ice storm. I drive a 4 wheeled vehicle and so made it in, but near the end of my shift, I was made aware that my friend's husband had been injured and stranded in a car accident on the ice, and so left to get them home and their car to a service station. To add to it all, they lost power in their home with an infant, leaving me with the only person they could turn to with a vehicle and power. I will admit, I had a few sick hours left, but informed work that I would be out on a family emergency. For that week I called out each day with ongoing family emergency with Snow and ice still coating the streets and power still down throughout our city and every day I was hounded by calls from management demanding a return to work regardless. This would have not only risked my own safety but would have stranded my family at my apartment with no way to get supplies or to get home once the power returned. Strike 3 Was done early in the morning that following Sunday. I walked into work and placed my resignation letter on HR's desk. That's important later. I attended it to be immediate as I live in an at-will state. Was it Betty? Yes, I'll freely admit that. I had given 8 years of my life to this company and asked very little in return. As I was leaving, I crossed paths with my supervisor who asked angrily if I was finally coming back to work. I informed him of my decision to leave, ignoring his provocations, and left to go home and sleep. Several hours later, I received the gift that would ignite my semi-accidental revenge. A single text from my assistant manager, We will see how long you can take care of your love child without us. Well, well. Seems I found my probable source. My friends had been made aware of this rumor from the start. I didn't hide anything from them and did not want any kind of rumor, however unlikely, to reach them from anyone but me. They are my closest friends and compatriots and have given me the greatest gift in the form of my godchild, whom they insist I call my niece as I'm family. Love child feels like a slur against her and I'm not cool with that, and neither are they. However, they informed me of the monumental screw-up my, now former, assistant manager had made. It was now time for corporate HR to be made aware, and so I began to compile my evidence. The texts from my supervisor, the call records and messages left, and this holy grail of a text message. If I was going to leave. I was at the very least going to give some blowback on the team that had been so willing to target me. What happened after a second hand from friends I still had at the store, and so I can't verify all of it. But the assistant manager played herself. The following day, a meeting of management and supervisors was convened, where the assistant manager made it known that I had been fired, not self terminated. For Job abandonment and immorality And unless I'm grossly misinformed about the nature of American retail work, immorality is not a fireable event. To my supervisor's credit, he defended me to the assistant manager, and was fired on the spot. The store's HR rep, having earlier gotten my printed termination letter on his desk, made it known that I had indeed not been fired but left on my own and the assistant manager attempted to fire him as well in front of the staff, and from there it spiraled. According to my source, entire departments began to walk out or outright quit having had their own problems with the assistant manager. Appliances quit to a man. Garden left with their manager to work at a competitor's, as he'd been working on this well before my saga began. Front desk walked out in protest as it came out that the assistant manager had threatened and blackmailed several Muslim part-timers to not wear their head scars if they wanted hours. Lumber, receiving's main partner, quit. ProDesk joined the front desk protest as one of their number, a Sikh man, had also been threatened. Cashiers, both head cashiers quit and the other trained cashiers walked out with the desks. Ops manager had informed the district manager and quit outright before he arrived, walking out with the HR rep and my old supervisor. My source's last report of the assistant manager was seeing her sprinting to her car after having heard that the district staff were inbound, and the store manager was forced to shut down the store for the next two days last I've heard. I've been in contact with the other injured parties and we're compiling all the evidence we've collected as several of the families are hiring lawyers. I suspect the company will attempt to keep this quiet, I just never suspected that anything like this would happen. I have a full time position at the gym upcoming and I've been enjoying the extra sleep and time I get with my family. I'm never working 56 to 64 hour weeks ever again and I will never darken the doorstep of that store again. I hope my assistant manager enjoyed the temporary rush of power. I suspect she won't get it ever again, at least not in manager positions. I just think it's great that all of these people, when the snowball started rolling downhill, weren't afraid of jumping in, joining that now avalanche and just revealing how awful this assistant store manager was. And i'm glad things picked up for op too and our final story of the day is by Paladin Wolf 777 shoplifting can cost you a job you haven't even gotten yet an interesting coincidence happened today when i was talking shelves at my side job and two girls decided to shoplift a few items and my supervisor asked them at the door if they were going to pay for those items they were petty items as this was a dollar tree where everything's a dollar twenty five They proceeded to call my manager a racist jerk and a witch. All three of them, the two girls and my soft-voiced manager, were black. They walked out with the items because, as many people know, retail employees can be sued for physically stopping you for petty theft unless you're a properly designated security guard. We've been getting ravaged lately by theft, and our location is getting flack from regional for low margins as our hands are tied. The coincidence came when me and a coworker who managed it decided to grab a bite together at my other job where I could get us the employee discount. My coworker noticed after we walked in that the same two girls were sitting down across the lobby. I chuckled and we started eating when one of them was called over by my manager there for an interview to begin. Then the other one interviewed. After they were done and walked out, I motioned my manager over and explained the incident that happened less than two hours prior. My coworker backed me up and she was very happy to dodge those two bullets. They're no longer under consideration for a position. I think it's great for both sides that you gave that heads up because they wouldn't want somebody like that working for them, and you wouldn't want to work alongside those people. I think the only downside, without a job, they might be showing up at Dollar Tree again. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So, of all three of these stories that I've read for you today, Which one was your personal favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.